Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Friendshipping is sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. How are your noodles? They're good. I want to eat them, but I don't have time. I have to do friendshipping. Who are you, though? Oh, I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... I don't like who my friend is dating. Oh, what else is new? This is not a new problem. No. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Hello. Jen. I heard from your Instagram feed that you had a wild weekend. I went to Michigan to a cabin with all my friends. Not all my friends. And it wasn't a cabin. I was going to say, I think it looked like a house that you just rented in a different state. Yeah, for some reason in my mind, I think I've lived in the city too long. Um, Any place that is a little bit woodsy and outside of the city, I'm like, oh, it's a cabin in the woods. Nah, it's just a house in a neighborhood. In a neighborhood. Sort of near a lake. (laughs) Uh, But it was great. We had so much fun. Something kind of life-changing happened. I got a little addicted to doing puzzles. Puzzles. Wow. Wild wild weekend. Yeah, pretty wild. I sent a photo to my mom of all of us doing, like, leaning over a table and, like, working on a thousand-piece puzzle. My mom's like, you're like senior citizens. (laughs) Burn. Mom burn. I mean, like, because, you know, today's senior citizens would get together and, like, you know, do a puzzle or whatever. But Mm. our generation of senior citizens would get together and, like, do a World of Warcraft raid. Yeah. in a way, like, yeah, you're doing, like, current old people stuff. By the time that we get old, that stuff's going to be, like, super cool to it's do. It's going to be, like, ancient times. Yeah. We'll be, like, playing, uh, what's, like, what's an ancient game? What's the game where... Chess. <laughs> the game where you, like, have, um, you drop a ball and you pick up the... Connect four? The little spiky pieces. No. It's like a... You j- <laughs> I cannot picture this oh, at man. all. Oh, man. I don't even know Jenga. where to begin. No, it's not a board game. It's it's very it's from olden times. You have a ball, yeah, and you have like other little pieces that look a little spiky, spiky, and they're all and those pieces are on the ground. Jacks, yes, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, great. I, do you know how to play jacks? Don't you try and pick up as many as you can while you? I don't know. Uh, though, that's why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were quizzing me. No, I remember <laughs> like being a kid in Toys R Us, and uh, which uh, does that Toys R Us exist still? Not anymore. Not really, right? Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Get better. So, like, you know, we'd go to Toys R Us and, like, I, I'd, you know, look all the cheap toys, obviously, mm-hmm. because my mom would be like, you can have one cheap toy. Yeah, you, you want can't a ball? get a $70 super soaker. Right. No, I, you can have, like, and I was like, I a want these, these jacks. And I remember getting them. It was like this little net bag full yep. of, like, jacks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they came with instructions. And I was, I think, probably old enough to read. But I was like, this is boring even just to read. <laughs> so I ended up, like, just using the pieces to, like, when I played with them, like, they were, like, little action figures and like nice. I made them like fight yep. and like have you, you gave them personalities yeah. and stuff because yep. I didn't know what else to do yeah and that was it I did that with like every board game ever stick and hoop stick and hoop so we got into puzzles and one one puzzle the second puzzle we did was really really fucking hard I was mostly sky no corners uh there were corners but we found those immediately and then we spend the rest of the night you know I think it would paint a picture if I actually just got the audio from the what? moment uh, we uh, completed the puzzle. And this was like, let me think about how long this took. Like 20 hours? This is like a 20-hour wow! puzzle. So here's what it sounds like when a bunch of millennials finish a puzzle. Ah! 
What? Who? Who's coming for you? You're doing puzzles in a house, in a neighborhood. The puzzlers. The puzzlers. That's what we call ourselves now. Oh, no, Jen. <laughs> How oh, are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm tired. So as you may know, my partner is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's I'm not, aware of him. Not from here. He's from northwards. And uh, Canadians have Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, recently. Yeah, they just had it. They had it this weekend. And it was like Tuesday or Wednesday night last week. And he says to me, you know, I think I want to have people over for Thanksgiving. And I was like, sure, cool. Like, we can do that. No big deal. I'll support you, whatever. And when you think of Thanksgiving dinner, I was just like, well, we'll, you know, get a tofurkey or whatever, make some potatoes, like NBD. And I told myself, I'm only going to take this exactly as seriously as he takes it. And he took it really seriously. Oh, no. <laughs> he took it real, real fucking serious. So uh, we divided the work by he was going to do all the cooking and I was going to do all the cleaning. Uh-huh. And the cleaning is important because we have some friends who are allergic to cats. And you have cats. And I have cats. You have two, two or three. I have two cats. that, And one of them is basically like having two cats. Another yes, two, uh, cats. two to three cats. I have two to five cats at any given moment. And he took it real serious. He made an actual chicken with bacon on it. Oh, that sounds good. I'm hungry. He made a tofurkey. He made potatoes, peas, carrots. Holy shit! Uh, I made a broccoli cheese casserole because it's a gross thing that my mom makes. Fake cheese or whatever. Everything was vegan except for the actual chicken. He made a pecan pie. He made a currant butter tart. He made, he made dessert too? Yes, from oh scratch. My dear Lord. He like made the, the pie crust and everything. I know. All, all vegan again. He made Nanaimo bars, which if you are not Canadian, you probably don't know what that is. It's like a... a Delicious treat, a delicious layered tray bake. How many trips to the grocery store was this? Just two. one, two, two. Good for that's wow, yeah, impressive. Yeah. So we did like because we we uh, saved a bunch of stuff to get the morning of like we we got fresh bread in the morning, so we were just like okay, let's also pick up more Lacroix or whatever. And I am still tired, <laughs> and I cleaned the apartment so well that we had two people with like really pretty severe cat allergies, and they were both like, "This is the first time I've ever been in a house with somebody who has a cat, and I'm not." My amazing work, dude. Okay, let me tell you what I had to do. So not because it's steam like up? it did steam up, but I I want to go through because I feel like people are like, "Oh, I clean. I know how to clean." But there are there are levels. Yeah, like when you are getting people ready to come over to your house and you have cats. You got to clean those fucking baseboards. You got to get your little hand vac out and go to the back of like all of your furniture and suck out all of oh, the, yes. the hair. Yep. I rolled up all my carpets. I vacuumed under the carpets. I steam mopped under the Whoa. carpets. I, I vacuumed the underneath of the carpets and the top of the carpets. Like, oh, it was the rugs. But like, I mean, it was. You're it an was, incredible friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But also it's like, you know, we should clean our apartment. <laughs> yeah. It's I, one reason I like having people over is like it'll, it will force me to clean. Right. And like there are some things that, you know, like there are there are a variety of different levels of housework. Like you clean the bathroom once a week, maybe. Yep. Like a full yep. clean down of yep. the bathroom. Yep. Once a week. You, you know, I vacuum a few times a week because that's the anal retentive kind of person that I am. I wash my shower curtain once a week, like some kind of weirdo. You do? I don't know why, but I feel like the shower curtain gets gross for some reason. It definitely gets gross. But if I wash it once a week because Good for you. thank you. Just because like if I ever bump against it, I'm like slimy. I right. don't think I've ever washed mine. I should probably do that. But like so but the things like I never I've cleaned the baseboards in my apartment maybe once a season. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? But so it, it reminds you how disgusting your life is on the day to day when your house is so clean, you're like, Wow, it'll never be this way. Wow, again. this floor is a different color now. Like there's definitely 
like three liters less of cat hair in my oh, apartment yeah. than there is. I mean, you're preaching to the dang choir here. You know how this goes. The Roomba gets choked with dog hair when it goes like under our bed. Ms. I'm like, Crumbs. how do I? Crumbs. Yeah. Crumbs is her name. Their name. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> His name. We change. We change. Gender pron- fluid. Yeah. Gender fluid like pronouns for Roomba. Yeah. yeah. Beemo. Yeah, so uh, our good old Roomba often starts beeping and screaming when it's so, <laughs> so choked up with dog hair. Like, oh, I'm dying. That's gross, and I love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but it feels so good when it's over. Jen, I have, I have one more update. Oh, lay it on me. So, it's not great news. Uh-oh. It's not, I mean, it's not terrible news either, but. So, you know, I have my snail babies. Yes. I don't know what happened. Uh-oh. Oh, but, no. like, all of them are gone. What? Do they eat each other? I don't know. Is there one king baby? So there are five babies left in. So so the recap is, this is the recap. I thought that I grabbed maybe six little baby snail eggs and put them in a jar. And it turned out it was more like 24 eggs on accident. Oh, the jar that you showed me. Yes, the jar that yeah. I showed you. And then uh, yesterday, I hadn't looked at the snail babies for a couple days because I was busy and they don't have brains and they have food. It's fine. <laughs> And uh, I was like, and so I, I pulled out the jar and I was like, what happened? And I was like, did they escape? Like, what's going on? And so this part's a little bit gross. So if you are skeeved out by bugs and stuff, like maybe skip like 20 seconds forward. So I dumped out the cup and I like, and I kind of uh, spread everything on like a bunch of paper towels and I got out a magnifying glass yeah, yeah. and like searched for the eggs. And I found five, which again, like is interesting because I thought I put six in there, but knew that I eventually ended up with like a shit ton. But there were also little tiny wiggly maggots inside there. Oh, God. What appears to have happened is that the celery piece that I gave them may have had like fly eggs on it of, of some kind because uh, they I opened it up and like a, like some flies flew out or whatever. So I think that the, the somehow I don't know. I, and I yeah. don't, you Is know, it possible that um, those flies were then attra- were attracted to the celery? I don't know. Yeah. And then they couldn't have gotten in the container, though, is the thing. Not easily, right? I mean, Isn't there, there's just one tiny hole? There's one toothpick hole because it's not like, I mean, they, they had plenty of oxygen and right. I would like open it up right. at night to let right. it flow or whatever. But anyway, so th- there are five babies left, which is no big deal. Also, there's a million ba- new babies in the, in the big tank. So it's like, it's okay. It's, this is a great mystery. But it's been very strange. And so I moved them actually into the old terrarium that the big snails used to live in. Yes. And uh, and we'll see what happens. I'll keep you guys posted. The but big baby's still doing okay? Um, there were, there was like, uh, of the babies that were left, one was like as big as I've seen a baby. And then the other four were just like, you know, seed size. Yeah. Or still the same size. I, so part of me thinks that they like left. They that they have. migrated. What if they moved? South. They moved to like a winter. new apartment. Florida. They moved, they moved to Tampa. <laughs> they just, got, they were tired. <laughs> yeah. They retired to Tampa. Speaking of planning for your retirement and your future. Hmm. We have a question um, from a concerned friend who believes that their friend, her friend, excuse me, uh, is dating below her. Oh, whoa. Whoa. How dare. What will Mr. Darcy say? (laughs) Is it my turn? I don't remember, but I do love to hear your voice. Okay, I'll do it. And I want to keep eating my noodles. so This works out great. Yeah. My friend's boyfriend, he, him, is simply put, not good enough for her. I have to admit that I played a part here. They were both in my circle before they met and started dating. She was my coworker a long time ago who turned into a real friend, and he did some contract work for one of my friends. She's amazing, and he's fun to have around at a party, so I invited them both to a big group movie night at my place. 
they somehow hit it off, which honestly boggles my mind to this day. (laughs) She's ambitious, energetic, and organized. She has goals and dreams. He, on the other hand, can't hold down a job because of his depression, but refuses to get help, and thus the cycle continues. She lets him basically live at her condo that she owns by herself because she works hard and is slowly moving over all of his stuff from the house he shares with five other dudes. Also, she wants kids and he doesn't. It's not like he has been making the kind of choices that would allow him to have a family in the future anyway. Damn. I can easily see this whole thing spiraling in a year or two when things stop being fun and they finally realize that their life plans don't really match up. I don't want her to be stuck in this dead-end relationship and put her goals on hold. And I especially don't want to be the cause of anyone's crappy relationship. Of course, it's impossible to just break up a relationship. That's not really what I want. I just want them to have more realistic expectations about how this is actually going to go. And I don't want him to hold her back. You two are great at finding kind words for the horrible things we need to say. What should I do? Okay, so, okay, okay. Oh, whoa, oh Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, so many things. So let's start with like some nice things. So first of all, I think that it's wonderful that you are trying to look out for your friend. You seem to really love this person, respect them, admire them. You seem to have similar values. You're protective. You're very protective. You're loyal. I get that. Yeah, I do. But let's transition into the the less nice things here. Yeah. The first thing I want to say is thank you. We are great at finding kind words for the things that you want to say. Thank you very much. Yes. The thing is, is that like we want you to find kind words for the necessary things that you have to say, not for the horrible things you have to say. And so right now, I think the first thing we need to determine before we even decide what words you say is what is actually necessary for you to say in this situation. What is necessary? What is necessary? And honestly, I don't think a lot of this is necessary to say. Yeah, I agree with you, Jen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could feel that this asker is so close to using the word lazy. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, they basically called this person lazy and unambitious. Boo. Yeah. Boo. I just that's judgy. And it's another one of those things where, like, you know, we have only the question to go off of. And maybe there's more concrete evidence that this dude is a bad dude. But these things that you've listed here, none of them are like red flags for like a bad relationship or a relationship that won't go well. You know, people have depressive cycles sometimes. Ambitious people have depressive cycles sometimes that keep them uh, away from doing what they want. And his... Uh, emotional state should not preclude him from dating somebody incredible. Absolutely. I feel like um, before this asker wrote to us, they already made a bunch of decisions. Yes. A bunch of calls. They already decided how they feel. They have decided that this person is a burnout or a dead end. They haven't dug any deeper than that, really. I don't think they've asked themselves, is this true? Am I maybe being harsh or unfair? How does capitalism play a role in this? Yeah. Do I care too much about how much money people make and does that really matter? Why am I so laser focused and zoomed in on this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So the things that you listed are very like, my mom would want me to think about those things before I married a beau. Yeah. You know, like it's very like 1950s, like we're looking for a provider sort of thing. And it seems like, okay, again, you you seem to really respect this person. You say that she owns her own condo. She's got goals and all this stuff. Maybe he fits into her life outside of those things in a completely different way. You said that he's fun to have at a party. Uh, It sounds like she, again, is very ambitious, very driven. Maybe she occasionally enjoys fun. Can you believe that? She might enjoy fun. And you do say, like, when when the fun is over and we have to consider this and blah, blah, blah. 
I think you're you're thinking way too ahead in the future. You're thinking like five steps away from what's happening right now. Yeah, and the people involved in this relationship are probably aware of those things too. I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he doesn't want kids, the fact that you know that he doesn't want kids and that she does and you've decided that this is a problem before they have decided it's a problem. Whoa. Is very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? This might be coming out of a place of hurt. The asker may have gone through a really shitty breakup and wants to help their friend avoid that. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not going to pretend that there aren't situations in which an incredible, ambitious, respectful, kind person starts dating a doof. Yeah. Like just a dud. A dud. It happens all the time. But sometimes duds are hot. And fun and kind. Yeah. And stupid. (laughs) And uh, yeah. We're, We're like making up a different person, I think, right now. But like, I don't know. Like if this ambitious girl wants to like smoke weed in her apartment with like her like weird hippie boyfriend. And who, come like, home to, in her condo to this guy cooking dinner for her or something. Yeah. And then he goes down on her for hours because he knows that he has to like make it up somehow. It might be a great symbiotic relationship that you just aren't seeing. I mean, I don't not love the idea of being in the position where I could be a sugar mama. Right? <laughs> right? Right? And like, I think I think what one of the other things that's kind of coming through on this question is I think the asker is worried that the boyfriend is like mooching. Mooch. Mooching, yeah. yeah. Or, and like, you know, on some level, I, I do understand this and why you feel sensitively and strongly because women often do too much of the work. Yes. Yeah, it's, totally. They take on so much. And uh, some people are moochers yes. off of uh, people like this. But, you know, but you're not also not asking what he does outside of money and traditional convention. Right. Like, you're not seeing the relationship. The relationship is still a mystery to you, no matter how much you think you know about it. You don't you're focusing on jobs and like income and wealth. And I, I think you should not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's just. Yeah. I'm, I'm going through the question once again. And it's interesting because, Asker, you seem to have pretty realistic expectations as far as, hey, it's not possible to break up a relationship, but I want to talk to my friend about this. There are conversations that you can have. Do I think they're all necessary? No. But I do think that if something isn't said, I think you need to pop that pimple. I think you need to get all the pus get, out of you there need something. You need so to, it heals. You need to write another email just to yourself yeah. Get some more venting done or you need to step back and maybe spend some time away and or maybe attend a party with these two and be like, they do have so much fun together. Like they vibe super yeah, well. You kind of I, I need you to look at this from a different perspective of someone else for a while. Yeah. The way you describe this is two of my friends hit it off super well at a at a movie night that I threw. And now they're dating. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like I would take all the credit and be all the time. Right. They hit it off. You didn't say they met and they argued all night and then they fucked. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, not, you didn't use the word toxic or mistreatment or yelling or anger. Or argument or... Uh, or like, she seems sad or she has to work too hard trying to spill some of her noodles. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's good. I, I drank it up. But yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not seeing anything wrong here other than you, man, you know what it is? This person thinks that they're like Cassandra from like Greek myths, that they foresee this great portent of evil coming into the future. And that they must share. They're the only one who could stop it. You probably feel like you probably feel I don't like using this word, but you probably feel crazy. You're probably like, does anyone else see this? Is no one else seeing this? Obviously, Asker, you're the only one who's going to know the answer to this. But this reads very anxious to me. This reads very uh, you're being over-responsible for your friend who has repeatedly shown that she can take care of herself. I think this is coming from a place of pain. Like maybe you had a very similar situation. I I would take a night to do some meta thinking. 
what has caused this perspective on these people's relationship that doesn't really have anything to do with you? Yeah. Have you been in this situation? Have you seen this person get taken advantage of in other ways? Yeah. Have you been taken advantage of in this way before? Has someone else in your life? Have, has, what's your parents' marriage like? Right. This is another uh, situation, I think, where having a negative quality that would be negative for you is not the same thing as being a bad quality for a relationship. Yeah, I agree. Everyone has bad qualities. Yeah. Or qualities that you don't like. I mean, and I also like I, I struggle to see these qualities as being negative. Me because it, it's, To you they are, but that I don't see them as. I mean, if it's clear to you that this gentleman's, uh, you know, spotty work history is due to, you know, ongoing depression. I don't know. I feel like that person still deserves love and to be in a happy relationship. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't write them off. <laughs> right. What's, I know. What's the, so what's like, just ask yourself, what's the alternative here that neither of them, that they shouldn't be together or that he doesn't deserve a partner? I just don't feel like somebody who is like 1950s capitalist, like he's only good enough if he makes like 95K a year. I don't think that person would write into our show. Nah. I nah, think not with having listened to it. No, I mean, like, like maybe you just heard that there's a friendship podcast and you're like, I need help with this. But if you are a longtime listener, I can't imagine that you actually have that mindset. I really think that this is a anxiety about your friend getting hurt and it being somewhat your fault because you put them together in a room together. So first of all, it's not your fault or your responsibility that they got together. And if you wanted to claim credit for it, I certainly would. I love when people are happy and then they give me credit. Like I great. love compliments. Right. So I think letting go of how much ownership you feel over their relationship would be healthy. And I think that, I mean, here's, here's the thing I want to say. say. This it. is what it oh, is. Oh, what is it? There's bad decisions are not always bad in the future. Okay, so my, my best example, the greatest example of my life is when I was 21, I adopted a cat uh, named Rose Beast. And to this day, we are together. She's my longest relationship ever of all time. Uh, she's 14. And it was not a good idea for me to adopt a cat. I was like in a huge pivotal point in change in my life. Like anybody could have told me, Trin, this is now is not the time to like get a lifetime responsibility that could last 20 years for you. And I said, no, I want one. And it was the best choice of my life. Oh, I love it. It was very inconvenient in the beginning. I had to make a lot of decisions that were hard. You know, I, there were places I couldn't move because I had a cat, like, like all kinds of stuff. But that little relationship that I had with my little roast beast has really pulled me through for a decade and a half. I don't want to liken this guy to, I like, do. a kitty. I fucking do. Because mistakes aren't always mistakes. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying that this was a bad decision or a mistake. I'm saying what looks from your perspective like a bad move can still turn out pretty well. Let's consider this perspective. What if the friend is 100% aware that her partner is not ambitious or whatever? I don't see how they're not. And they, and they just don't care. Yeah. Are you going to tell them you should start caring more about this? You yeah. should start judging for how much money they make. That's not going to go over well. Right. It sounds like your friend seems pretty damn cool. Yeah. I think I think the asker may have been taken advantage of in the past, had a bad relationship, and is projecting it. I think that that's part of it. Um, and I mean, just even the societal expectation. Let's talk about the gendered part of this as well. The societal expectation that uh, the man takes care of the woman. So this is an interesting uh, situation because these are, uh, at least hetero-facing relationship, mm -hmm. a man and a woman. And if he were a lady and this was kind of flipped around, 
I think you might even have a little more sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. Because we, we have, and as, as, as deprogrammed as you may think you are, uh, you still are seeped in all this shit. And the idea of your friend uh, not marrying, like the, the idea of your friend like marrying below her station, that's something that, that's an inherited shitty mindset that you may still have. I want you to, regardless of like what the core reason you, you oppose this is, I, I think it's important for you to recognize that you're probably a little bit at least informed by gender expectations. Absolutely. I mean, what would be the correct no- dollar amount? Right. <laughs> like, you, do you want this man to make exactly the same amount of money, $1 more or $1 less? Right. Like, when you really get in the weeds on this stuff, you start realizing, like, oh, this is, this is fucked up. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I mean, th- we built a society in which a neurotypical people cannot flourish as well as neurotypical, ambitious, capitalist, extroverted people. Yeah. I mean, if you're mentally unwell, it is extremely difficult to hold down a stable job. And who knows, maybe they will share their good qualities. It's possible that he is a wonderful source of fun and light in her life, and she is a steadying force in his. I hope that that's the case. Yeah. I, I, the, the best relationships, everybody learns and grows together. And here's the other thing. Who is to say that they are going to even be a, a be together long enough for them to have a bad breakup? Man, I was totally thinking that. I was going to say our next step is, how do you even know that they're going to stay together? Y- your friend might have plans that do not involve this man. Yeah. And she might be fine with that. Like, yeah, we're having a great time now. Uh, we're kind of, we're sleeping together and he's over at our house a lot. Um, and yeah, see where it goes. Yeah. And they might just be super infatuated with each other right now. Um, let them have this. Yeah, let, oh my God, it doesn't last. Life is so short. Let them just bunny it up. The honeymoon crush thing. Oh, let them enjoy that. Yeah, especially like they, they seem to be, you know, I don't know how old anybody is in here, but they seem to be like working adults. I can't imagine she's under 30 if she owns her own condo. Yeah, what the I mean, fuck? go girl. Otherwise that's inherited wealth. Yeah, I was going to say that actually kind of speaks to white privilege and like inherited wealth, like to be young and like own a place, but like whatever. Honestly, if you can own a place and you want to, fucking buy it. Like, yeah, whatever. Do you, do you live your life? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that our perspective generally is she's gonna do what she wants. Like, how much do you trust her to make her own decisions? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Why yeah. don't you trust her to make this decision? Yeah. yeah. And does she have a pattern of falling for men that are unkind? Is this man unkind? Because nothing in here says unkindness. Yeah. And if she's got a pattern of falling for men who are like fun, golden retrievery types, then good on her. It seems like she's able to hold herself down otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Parks and Rec, when April and Andy get married, Andy says, I cannot explain how little we thought about this. <laughs> and they're very happy together. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't need logic and sound reasoning to like be in love. We get it. We know why this looks bad to you because you love your friend. But also consider that there will be no person that's good enough for your friend. Never. Never. No. Man, and I, I, I really am doubling down on the, I think the asker had some trauma that, that informs this. That needs dealing with. Yeah, because so. Let's I'm ha- sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Because so let's think when I say that this perspective is irrational, I want to be very clear that what I mean is there's just not a lot of evidence to back up these fears. I'm not saying that the asker is bad or anything like that, but, but let's go through the things that are like up in the air that we don't know. We don't know how they treat each other. We don't really know their vibe. We know they get along because they vibed at that movie night. We know that she's doing fine. We also know that he's like moving in with her. Yeah, slowly. Slowly it looks like. moving in. Um, 
And we also we don't know how long this has been going on. It doesn't seem like there's plans for wedding bells in the air. Uh, and even if that were the case, they could still break up. I don't know if you ever heard of this thing called divorce. It's pretty common. 50% of first marriages is what I've read. So, Jen, when would you step in and talk to somebody about their relationship? Because I also do want to talk about, like, the conversation that this asker could have with her friend. Right, right. So um, when you are asking a friend to defend their significant other, that is a big deal. And that goes for all shades of relationship. But we advocate for doing something Reaching out to a professional, if you, if you, we always have to say this because you never fucking know. Reaching out to a professional if abuse, mistreatment, manipulation, control is evolved. But that's not what we're seeing here. What we're seeing here is you think he's kind of a dud. Yeah. And what do you do in that situation? Can you say something? I don't think so. I think, I don't know. It, de- it depends so much on how close you are, how blunt you can be with each other, your humor. Have you ever broached this topic before? How honest are you with each other? Because, like, you can be honest friends, like truly close, honest friends, and you should still not even bring this up. It's like I want the asker not to say something to their friend, but to ask their friend questions about their relationship and their life and just be like, hey, like, oh, you've been seeing Jim, uh, Jim, Jimby. You've been seeing Jimby for a while. Uh, how's that going? Yeah, are you guys like serious? Like how serious is it? Yeah, is he moving in officially? Like, oh my god! Yeah, ask with enthusiasm. Yeah. Um. So you uh, you could say like he seems to make you happy. What's your what's your like dynamic like? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you've got to do some uh some friend research here. It it almost feels like you are filling in the gaps in your knowledge with the worst of your fears. Ooh. Yeah, that voice in the back of your head is filling in, filling in all the blanks. Right. And you also seem to know her better than you know him because she, the the girlfriend was a co-worker of the Asker for a long time. They became real friends. And then the boyfriend um, just is fun. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, man, I think that might be it, is that, that this Asker just doesn't know and is using their trauma to inform what they think could potentially be possible and it's freaking them out. Uh, I think you nailed it. Another thing you might want to consider is getting to know him a little. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to become his best friend. You don't have to be close with the significant others of your friends. Try to become a little more friendly. Yeah, I think that our our ultimate answer on the what's the conversation that you should have is more, I think it's time to be inquisitive and to uh, tune in to the way that they are feeling rather than what you are seeing happen. When you have this conversation, practice a little in your head because you want to come from a place of interest and not a place of judgment. So you don't want to say things like, so what's his deal? Yeah. Well, is he ever getting a job? Ah! What you should say is like, so how's it going with you guys? You seem happy. Yeah. Where'd you go on your date night? Like get some, you know, ask questions that are nice. Yeah. If you have very specific fears because of something that you've experienced or you've seen other people experience from other people's relationships, you can talk to your friend about that too. But not in the terms of, hey, I'm seeing warning signs. I worry about this. I think it's okay to talk through your anxieties with your friend and say something like, uh, man, what would you say? I think you could say something like, I'm sensitive to this and this and this is why. Yeah. I'm sensitive to women, um, you know, picking up the bill for dudes because I was uh, I was taken advantage of for a few years. Oh, it's or, because it's the it reminds me of my parents. It reminds me that my dad left my mom penniless. Yeah. You know, things like that. Like I if and this is going to be based on how close you are with the, the yeah, girlfriend. This is like real shit. Right. But I think that saying like 
I love you so much. And all I want is for you to not go through the same pain as blank. And I just want to talk to you about this. It's not even really about you and, and your boyfriend, but it's about me seeing you from the outside and caring about you so much and like wanting you to be happy. And like, and I know that, you know, finances are not at the top of your mind or anything like that. But with my history, with my parents or something like that, and I see this, like, I just want you to be aware. I think that's a really kind and generous way of explaining your concern. Yeah. Because it's really, you're explaining that it really is at half or more than half of what's going on in your head. Yeah. Like, right? Like, you're explaining your part in it. And you're not coming, you're, you're like leveling with them, basically. You're like, I'm meeting you where you are. And here's what I bring to the the perspective. Here's my perspective. It's probably not correct because of this, this, and this, but it might be. That's going to be a hard conversation to have with a very close friend. Like, don't do this if you're just like kind of like party bros or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think sharing that if you feel up for it might be a good idea because I otherwise am not certain how you could frame this in a way that makes you sympathetic. Exactly. I wouldn't have a conversation unless you were 110% sure you could be extremely patient. Yes. Keep your voice steady, open-minded. Um, and I don't think you're there yet. And by the way, that doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person. Yeah. You're just a worried, anxious ball of anxious friend. Participating in capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as we all have to. I'm also trying to think of like the other circumstances in which this would be okay. So like, let me kind of explain. So what they say is that finances and kids are like the two things that will always break up your relationship if you have like problems with those like money and kids are like the number one things or some for some reason in marriages or in, relationships in, i think in marriages yeah yeah like i don't i mean google it audience but like i think i mean like there yeah yeah that stands to reason there they're, are often sticking points yeah but what if it was something else like he's very extroverted and she likes to stay home and yeah. you're worried that because you had a boyfriend who partied all the time and who cheated on you you're worried that she's going to be at home while he's like making out with other girls, you know? Oh, yeah. But, so that is something that like if I, I said to Jen, like Jen, like you're I know that Jimby, Jimby, your husband, your my now hus husband, my husband, Jimby, he loves to party. And you guys have like a really good understanding about that. I just care about you and love you so much. And I have this really shitty ex like experience with this. Can we talk about that? Like, I just want to feel like you're safe and you're okay. Oh, yeah. And I think I would, I think I would say, that is so sweet. And, I'm, and I, I thank you for looking out for me. Yeah. Here's why you don't have to worry. Or here's, here's what the reality is. Or sometimes, sometimes he parties, but he doesn't really actually party that much. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of different ways this could go. But you came, you came at me not as an attack or judgment. You were yeah. like very, very sensitive. I'm going to amend that and say... That's something you can say after you ask questions. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. After you learn more. Right. So the conversation with Jen and Jimby would be more like, <laughs> what's up, guys? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Jen, I've been seeing Jimby like partying around town. You hate doing that, though, right? Yeah. Like, are you you're just cool with him? Like, Do you just like go home early while he stays out? Yeah. It's going to be so hard to pick your words. And uh, I don't even know if I was doing a very good job right now with Jen being like, because um, you never want to imply, ask her, you don't want to imply that this boyfriend is a layabout or is not good enough for them or something like that. And I, in this conversation with Jen and Jimmy, would not want to imply, you know, he's sleeping around. Right. right. Uh, or why are you so uptight? Right. Um, that's why you start out with questions, which is like. Oh, you know, I've been in a relationship with somebody super extroverted and I, oh my gosh, I never made it work. You guys seem to make it work. Yeah. You know, something like that. Again, like 
there's no perfect sequence of words. I do think that asking questions and then stating your concerns as this is my problem and I care about you. Yep. Keeping an open, more open mind. Yes. Um, be very generous here, okay? Give them more benefit of the doubt than you have ever before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so much training, gender, and blah, blah, blah that's coming into play here. And that's, uh, that's rough. So even if, I think this might be our in conclusion, but I'm not sure. Let me know what you think. Even if this is a mistake, if, you're, if this man truly is a mooch or whatever, isn't that their mistake to make? Yeah, th- this woman. There's only so much you can do. You said yourself you can't actually make anyone do—I can't make them break up. And it's true. You can't actually make anyone do anything ever. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you had a lot of evidence that he is draining her— I suppose you could have this conversation. Is untrustworthy or something. But like as long as they're having fun, he's kind, they're happy. I mean, I just I think that you need to either have a nice, gentle conversation where you ask questions or you need to sit down and think, why do I have my head so far up the ass of somebody else's relationship? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're uh, you're not the first person to feel this way. You will not be the last. You just got a little work to do. So your in conclusion, I think, is correct. And I think that the steps are just take a breather, think about why you're feeling this way, and then maybe have a conversation after you've assessed whether or not there's like an actual threat that you are heading off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you like about to like push your friend out in front of a train? Yeah. Away from a train, <laughs> rather? Not in front but, of a train. Oh, you're, you're pushing your friend out of the way of a bus and into a train. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Well, this has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do Friendship. If you'd like to send us a question via the emails, you can at FrenchmingPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our song. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy, for making the studio work, especially today, because we did not have an easy time doing it. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at